Yeah. So I really, I really was want to be kind of a foster parent. I think. Oh, cool. Because I want to be like able to, you know, damage other kids just like I do my own. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. Well, emotional damage I think is like a cornerstone. <laughs> Dream big, Ward. My household. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Basement Hello. Boys 2. This is episode two of Basement Boys 2, the sequel. Yeah, We're we've, still working our way into what that name is going to be. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, it's the sequel. It's the squeakquel. Right. That's the, chip, chip, that's, the, that's the chipmunks thing, right? That's the squeakquel? The squeakquel, yeah. I figured you would know that answer. Yeah. And what happened to Jason Lee? Why does he not have anything better to do? I'll tell you what happened Scientology to Jason. And I'll tell you what happened to Jason Lee. Uh, the chipmunk movies happened to Jason <laughs> Lee, and uh, it's pretty pretty much over at that point. Uh, hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Um, this is Basement Boys Two. We're your hosts, Ward and Derek. That's right. We're bringing it back, baby. You might want to turn me down. I feel like I'm popping just a little teeny tiny bit. Yeah, how's that? That's a little better. Okay. I feel like I feel like I might have been peeking out if I got. Yep, that's better. Yeah. So yeah, and I I think we're still trying to figure out. Like I think you come in. You're louder than me. Yeah, I think just so too. Generally speaking, because yeah. I try to come in soft spoken. When I'm always like, and you're more pronounced. I'm more pronounced, and then I also, uh, you know, I don't want people's eardrums to be blown out either, though. Right. Hey, also, if you're joining us at all or going to join in, uh, the Facebook app is the best way to do so because you can watch us live. Yeah, right now. Um, we are live on Facebook. We may try some other avenues at some point, but we're just kind of still testing the. Yeah. I think. I think, I think and we I have think our we biggest can. following on Facebook right That's now, true, so. yeah. Yeah, I think we'll go Facebook live for now, but I think eventually we'll probably switch over to the YouTube. Right. Because I, uh, I know people who use YouTube and probably would prefer that over Facebook if they're anything like me and refuse to have the app. <laughs> and why don't you have the app? Because I love my family and I hate politics. <laughs> and your family... <laughs> A lot of our posts, they post post political stuff. And I don't understand the dynamic. It's like they post stuff about like, you know, how much they hate Muslims. And that's, and I'm saying Muslim because that's, you know, what they say about, they don't say they hate Muslims, but they're definitely afraid of them. It also, by the way, I don't call them Muslim. I'm saying that because that's what they call them. I call them dirty Muslims. 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 So they'll post about that, and then, like, in the next thing, I'll see, like, one of those tasty, <laughs> like, recipes of them making, like, nachos. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it's like, the Muslims are going to take over the country. Also, do you see these delicious homemade jalapeno poppers? Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> like, come on, man. I think Get I your... figured out what your problem is. You fig- did you figure it out? I think so. I think I had your gain way up. Oh, hey, that sounds right. Does that sound better? It sounds a lot better. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so do you know what I'm saying? Like, then you see like posts by that. And also, I want to, uh, I also want to say like, I'm, we were talking about this right before. I'm not like a bleeding heart liberal either. I'm, I'm not at all. I hate you too. I hate you bleeding hearts too. Like, yeah. I think you're equally, if not more annoying. 
And I, I you and I were coming in kind of on the same. Yeah, on the same spectrum there. I I don't. First off, I hate politics, and I don't like getting into it. And I think I think people on both sides are equally annoying. I think probably they have good points, but don't you ever feel like the people who are heavy into politics aren't talking to you; they're talking at you. Yeah, they're waiting to be heard, which is a lot to say sitting at a microphone but well that's true okay wait okay tell me if you've ever had this happen though and i'm sure you have where it's like hey hi ward i'm so-and-so hey can you tell me about about what is your opinion on this well i think (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i'm talking about yeah they're just waiting with bated breath for you to shut your gums long enough for them to say what their shitty opinion is they never ever cared they never ever cared what you thought, right? Well, and they're they're trying to find something, hoping to find something that they're going to disagree with you on too. Yeah, and that, that is so, so that they can ac- speak to it because they've been they've sat and they've practiced and practiced what they're. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And they and they talk and they say the same stuff all the time. So it's like on it's on repeat for them. Right. And so okay. So ask me. This is what I like to do. So so ask <laughs> ask me my opinion. This is pretty good. Ask me what my opinion of Trump is. What's your opinion of Trump? Well, I think it was just really cool that the Houston Astros uh, mounted such a good comeback last night in the uh, World Series and <laughs> tied the series up <laughs> one-to-one. I think it's really exciting for the sport, and I think it's exciting for... Oh, you asked me about politics? I'm not going to engage you on that. I don't want to talk about that. Right. That's not a thing that I... I don't want to talk about that. It's not my thing. It never has been my thing. But I know, but people will ask you. Like I said, they'll wait just long enough for those gums to shut up, just so they can interject their crappy opinion. And I don't really care what you think, right? Well, and you know, I have opinions and I have thoughts on the subject, but a lot of those thoughts I keep to myself. Yeah, same here. I absolutely have thoughts and opinions on it, and I'm a registered voter, and I do that. And I, but I don't want to talk about it to you. For one thing, it's not going to solve anything. Honestly, people are like, we should have a dialogue. The same people who are saying we should have a dialogue are the same ones that are just waiting for you to shut up so they can get their opinion in there. Right. Well, and like it was, I would talk to people, you know, before the election even happened and it was like, you know, and and before a lot of all this stuff that has happened has happened, but it was, you know, so maybe they were right, but whatever. Um, But Trump, Trump's going to ruin the country. Sure. And I just was like, we don't know that. No. We don't know. You don't, don't know, know anything. anything. No. And you don't, you know, and all the, all that's happened at this point is just him up there acting like a fool. Yeah. I mean, really, realistically, putting anything aside, we really look at this this way. This is how I look at it. I want a president who can get up there. And not get anything done. <laughs> and realistically, he fits that perfectly. He hasn't gotten anything accomplished, but likes to talk like he did. That's the annoying part is he talks like he got all this stuff accomplished, but nothing's changed. Right. Nothing's changed. Nothing's different except for, you know, you know, we might get into a war, a World War Three. That's pretty dangerous, but... <laughs> That's well, definitely and not ideal. That's the, but we don't know. Well, and, we don't know. And that's the thing. That's the other thing. And that might not all be, you know, just on him. 
I'm making a joke too. I really don't want somebody who gets up there and gets nothing done. But I'm gonna say if you have if you have somebody in there who's uh, opposing your views, though, let's say I'm speaking from the point of view of the left, right? And you really talked realistically about him being president. I mean, you, you should be pretty stoked on that, right? Right. That he hasn't got anything done. Well, right, exactly. I mean, you you, you should think like, oh, well, that's cool. Good, but but at the same time, I don't know. It's so annoying. Politics suck. It, well, they do, and you know, and it's not the. I don't think it's the government that's going to get things accomplished in this country at this point. No. In order to make things happen, it's going to take some innovative people. The peoples and you know companies, Tesla, things like company, big companies like that that are making doing innovative things. You know, they're going to get slowed down by certain government stuff right yeah that's to be expected that's always been the case yeah um i i think for me one of the things that bothers me a little bit right now is how sensitive we've gotten as a country over everything i think so too yeah and both sides are sensitive about different things right and it's weird it's super weird because i know people who are on the far right who are like like they're like the they blame the millennials right like the millennials <laughs> everything's so politically correct and blah 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 and that's why I like Trump he speaks his mind and I'm like you guys elected the most thin skinned pussy that's ever existed <laughs> to be the president of the free world like the guy sues you if you look at him wrong because he's so thin skinned and offended by everything but you like him because. He's open mind or he's he speaks his mind, I guess. Like that doesn't make any sense. But then on the other side of it, they're like they they do get offended by everything. And, and I know people on the far left, and I'm saying far left. I mean, really meaning like left, like people who are my friends who will get upset when you say something that is even remotely against what they believe in. But but they jump to huge conclusions. I mean, like, how how many times have you ever said something that makes you sound stupid? I say things all the time that make me sound stupid. I'll say things that get me right. in trouble. But they jump to this whole, like, you're a racist. And then they just, that's where they stick. Like, you said something one time and they're like, you're like, you're a racist now. And you're like, I, I'm not a racist. All I'm saying is if I got onto a plane with, like, a guy wearing like a bomb on his vest, I'm going to feel kind of scared, you know? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. You're saying all Muslims are terrorists. I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't say that, that at all though. Well, and that's like, I feel like, um, I have to be really choosy about what I say or, you know, even on Facebook, if I go to comment, if I, I there's so many times I wanted to comment on something. Oh, same here. And then I just go ahead. Nope. I'm yep. not going to do it Save because oh I'm going to push God. someone's button. Oh my God. And it's not, you know, and, and my comment is completely, I know cut from the same benign. Cop. It's just like not even anything that I would bother saying. me if someone had put on my page, but I'm just like, as soon as I say this, someone it's going to touch someone's nerve and yep. it's totally in jest on my part, but I'm not, I'm just going to leave it be. I've done the thing where I start typing it and I get like halfway oh, down yeah, and then that. I delete it and I'm like, nope. I've, I've gotten mind. to the point uh, <laughs> somewhat related, but unrelated, but somewhat unrelated, I guess. But I, I'll write like an entire, yeah, like 
couple paragraphs to somebody on their on something they posted because I'm really I have a really strong opinion about whatever. Yeah. And then I'll be like, well, is this going to help anything? (laughs) (laughs) I know some people who I love very much who posted on Facebook a while back. By the way, this is one of the reasons why I don't have Facebook anymore. This was actually like the straw that broke the camel's back. They posted on there some stupid meme about like how the U.S. soldiers should be paid more than the the football players, which doesn't make any sense because that's two completely different entities and that's a dumb argument. Right. Well, are the U.S. soldiers putting butts in the seats? Right, yeah. (laughs) And and are the U.S. soldiers sponsored by like Nike? Like it doesn't make any sense at all, right? So they post like a thing, right? And then... And then they post like this meme, right? And it's like, uh, boycott the NFL. And then right underneath of that, this person who is a loved one in my family, who I love very much. If you ever watch this, I love you very much. And I want you to know, <laughs> but you are the reason why I do not use Facebook anymore. I have, I have the profile so I can use my two pages and that is it. I do not look at what you post anymore or what anyone posts and that's it. And then they, underneath that, this is what they comment. They go, they go. Yep, no NFL in this house. And I wanted so bad, <laughs> so badly to write to them because this particular person in my family, in the entire time I've been alive, 32 years, Ward, I have never, ever, ever, ever known them to watch football. Not once, not even one time ever. Yep, no NFL in this house. And I so badly wanted to comment and say, you don't watch it anyways. <laughs> you yeah, can't like, boycott that. Like, I can't boycott gay sex <laughs> if I've never had gay sex. Like, like, that's stupid. That's a stupid, stupid argument. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. And my loved ones, who are, I think, are smart thinking people, say stupid shit like that. That's it. I'm not watching John and Kate that's plus eight. It. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no John and Kate plus eight in this household. You're not boycotting it if you've never watched it in the fucking first place. It's not a thing. <laughs> That's not a thing. I can't boycott a restaurant I don't have in Lewiston. That's stupid. Right. Was it Jimmy John's? Yeah. Do we have Jimmy John's now? I think we're supposed to get a Jimmy John's. I think it's a, isn't it we're over where Skiffers is? <sighs> Yes, and thank you for using food to bring me back down. Yeah, well, yeah, but do you see what I'm saying? That makes me so irate. I really think like they should put like framed pictures of him with his trophies, hunting trophies. Yes. Oh, in the build, like oh, almost like a Wendy's, like where they yeah. have pictures of Dave, Dave. Thomas. Also, can um, I say I am actually really excited to get a Jimmy John's. Have you ever eaten in Jimmy John's? No, I haven't. It's really, and it's good. not because I've I'm your boy upset about it. it. It's because you have because we don't have. I'm access not upset about Chick Fil A either. I don't even what is much Chick Fil A's thing. Oh, uh, I think they didn't support gay marriage. Okay, and which sucks. Well, like that's shitty, but like I don't care. I'm still if you make a good chicken sandwich. Look, man. Look, if your food <laughs> speaks for itself, <laughs> your food does speak for itself. It's not speaking for the gays, right? But, and also, or against the gays. also, if it speaks for itself, I'm I'm not gonna lie. If you could come out as a known <laughs> grand wizard for the clan, 
<laughs> You're making a good chicken sandwich. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. Yeah. I'm going to eat that sandwich. <laughs> like, I'm going to eat it and be like, man, I don't agree with their political beliefs, but this is a damn good sandwich. A little upset about the cross they burn on a daily, <laughs> daily basis in the front. <laughs> is that just do they run it on oil or what? I mean I'm kind of more upset about the yeah the waste of the, <laughs> the energy of the energy we're just burning that right in the atmosphere but God this is yeah. sandwich is good I mean I know that's obviously for comedy you say it as an exaggerated thing but I mean I just because I don't believe with you politically doesn't mean I'm not going to eat your food if you make good food hey if you if you're if you're the owner of Chick Fil A and you say something wrong. But you have a good chicken sandwich. Then by all means, yeah, I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> you know, do you remember a few years ago when Waha Bar and Grill? Oh, they said they weren't gonna sell some brand of beer or something because the Odom Corporation or whoever, maybe Pepsi. Fuck, I can't remember. I can't. Oh, pardon the French. Dang, dang it. They That's just they, one of those days. Ones. They said that they were gonna. They weren't gonna sell this thing. Because they didn't support gay marriage. And I remember back in the time, back in that time, I was like, well, whatever, like they'll go out of business if people really don't like it. Like, if you know, like, okay, like if you don't like it, don't eat there. Uh, Waha but, wasn't going to sell something because the Waha bar and grill. But here's the thing is I've never eaten at the Waha bar and grill. So me saying like, well, I ain't going to go there. That's not a boycott. That doesn't work that way. Yeah. A boycott is something that you enjoyed regularly and you quit going because of a thing. And yeah. I've never been there. Well, and my boycotts don't ever really stem from anything more than personal slights. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it, only if it hurts me on a personal level. My boycotts every single time I've ever quit going anywhere is because I went in there one time, was treated poorly, and I quit going. Exactly. That's, Do you know a place I will not eat at? I will not eat at Subway. I got tired of going in there to some of the worst service I've ever had in my life. And and I'm just like, you know what? Why am I going to go have preteens making me sandwiches in the wrong way? I can make this myself. Yeah. For better and for cheaper. Oh, yeah, definitely. And why am I going to do that? Nothing against Subway. Just no, like, I used I to like, work there. I feel like ours here kind of suck. Yeah, they do. Um, like, well, and at one point they used to be better. I'll take light they, mustard, please. Too much mustard. You're like, okay, well. <laughs> I love it. Too much mustard. Yeah, it's like, I'll take a light mustard. Too much mustard. And you're like, okay, well, I guess that's what how much I wanted then. Yeah, there's no, uh, they don't have any kind of mental scale of what they're no. giving you. It's just whatever they decide. Right, and you're like, I'll take extra cheese, please. And they put like one slice on there. And you're like, okay, well, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you say. You can't get mad. They're 17. Like, you can't get mad at them. Right. Well, and I like olives. So, and I think they've figured it out by now. But I, I'm usually like, give me extra, extra, extra olives. Because if I ask for extra olives, they just double the amount. Right. And the amount that when I worked there, I was trained to put on a sandwich was one little olive ring for every inch of the sub. Or not Jesus. every inch of the sub, actually, every two inches of the sub. Good God. So you put down, so that that's, you put down three tomatoes, you put down three olives. 
which I thought was ridiculous. But that's like three bites where you might get a, an olive. Yeah. If it didn't fall off. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And I thought it was for like taco time is like, all right, we'll take the tortilla here. We'll throw some beans on there. Uh, what are, God, we're out of uh, ingredients. What should we do? You know, just <laughs> fill it with a bunch of iceberg lettuce. <laughs> Jesus. Should we yeah. charge him a good amount for it? No, nah, we're going to charge him way too much for it. Yeah. Well, and is Arby's as expensive everywhere else as it is in the Valley? I have no idea. I feel like Arby's is as expensive as a restaurant. Yeah. Here, at yeah. least. I, I think I could go to a... Sit a normal like sit down, nice waiter yeah. comes around wait on you restaurant, yeah, and spend the same amount as if I go go to Arby's and get like a meal for myself and my wife. I feel the same way about Taco Time too. I actually I'm like I can go to El Sombrero and get like some pretty decent Mexican food and fill up for the same amount of pri- I would have paid to go to Taco Time. Right, exactly. And you're like. And, you know, Taco Time is the fast food thing, so they're, like, rushing you out of there, too, you know? You know you know where's a good place, though, that we finally got? And that's Zips. Zips is good. I like Zips. Zips is good. I really like Zips. It's super good. <laughs> you know, people make the art, you know, that I've heard. I that. love that they fill my bag with fries. Oh, me too. And tons of them. Have you ever eaten at Five Guys? Like in Spokane? Yes, yeah. Five Guys is excellent. And uh, I know people are, like, I've always, I see online, you like know. like they eat the peanuts. Oh, yeah. Fill up on the peanuts and they're throw like, the shells on the floor. It's beautiful, but people make the Five Guys versus In and Out argument. You know, I've never eaten at In and Out, so I don't. In and Out doesn't impress me much. I when we went there when, God, it was nine years ago when we went to San Francisco, I think. Yeah, that's where I ate at In and Out, and it wasn't anything special yeah. in my. Opinion. So, you know, so, so I always say like, well, I'm going to I like five guys. Cause first off it's, it's near me and I can eat it cause it's near ish. I mean, it's in Spokane. It's right. two hours away. If I go to Spokane, I usually eat a five guys. Right. And then, um, but I think you can honestly make a case for zips being in the argument cause it's good food. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, and it, and I zips kind of get it. Zips is kind of, well, it's kind of along the same lines, isn't it? Sharp. Or sharps, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like our, it's kind of like a, a bigger chain of our local sharps. I feel like it's yeah. like the same type of food where it's like it feels like it's kind of weird, but I feel like I can make zips at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you like you know how like when you go to McDonald's and you get a sandwich and you're like, I couldn't replicate this even one time ever. <laughs> and that's if you think about it, like when you're eating a hamburger, you should be able to replicate that at home. Right, there's no possible way to replicate a double quarter pounder from it's got like a flavor profile too. Yeah, it's weird. That, that while I enjoy, I know that I shouldn't enjoy oh, yeah. that flight. Like no. there's nothing that's natural about the flavor that that burger is putting <laughs> no. off. It's like it's not a it, it's not a hamburger flavor. No. It uh, it tastes like a double quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's. Yeah, it really does. But yeah. that is what it is. That's not and that's that, not, but that's not a cheeseburger. No, that you make at home. It's it, not even remotely the same. Whereas Zips and Sharps, I feel like I can replicate. Right. So, which is weird. So I, you would just think like, okay, why don't you just, well, make, just yourself, make it at home? But Make it at home. And yeah, but Zips did it for me. Exactly. And I didn't have to mess up my kitchen. Yeah. And, and, and they threw in all those fries. Yeah. They threw in all those fries. Bonus fries. Yeah. They just don't care. That's like, they're like, fuck these fries. It's like their thing. 
I know. That's like their thing they like brag. I, that's like their thing they brag about. It's like, hey, we gave you too many fries. There's a ton in the bottom of the bag. Enjoy, fat ass. <laughs> You're like, hey, zips. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I mean, it's yeah. They. I may not be able to zip my deliberate, pants when I get home. <laughs> it's a deliberate thing they're doing. It's awesome. When, when they first opened, I was like, oh, they made a mistake. New, they got new people working there, and the, then it's like we've gone multiple times since then. When they stop giving me my bottom bag or bottom of the bag full of fries, that's when zips, I'm boycotting zips. Yeah, I'm done. And guess what? The boycott would make sense because you go there currently. That's a thing you do. Exactly. All of this to come back around full circle. Boycotting. If you don't like what we say on the show, boycott it. Yeah, boycott the show. Don't do it, though. Keep listening. There's more to it. Tell your friends. Um, All right. Hey, so uh, so can I tell you about this thing? Yeah, yeah. So I got and I think I told you. I don't know if we were on the show or not. Honestly, it kind of runs together at this point. Um, I got invited to this thing at a local bar here for a comedy night. Uh, you mentioned for, a little bit about it last week. You were okay. you were tagged in a post. Tagged in a post for this comedy show, right? And I said, hey. Uh, really cool you're giving this a shot again like i wish you the best right and uh and somebody messaged me i was like hey are you gonna go down to that comedy thing and do the tryout and i'm like no no i'm not because and i don't want to i don't want to say that i'm too good for anything because i really don't feel like i am but i just feel like i was trying to figure out what it was is like there's something about doing a tryout for comedy that i didn't like and i figured out what it is so i posted on the thing and i was like hey Kind of, I'm paraphrasing because I don't know exactly what I said. And I said, you know, I just don't feel like this goes against the this goes against the spirit of comedy, where we're trying out in front of like a few people to maybe get a spot to do a a, a set in front of even less people. Like, right? I've done the whole try to get a comedy scene going in this valley. I've I've put blood, sweat, and tears for multiple into, years. Yeah, for multiple years trying to get something go going here, and I can guess and bet that even if they have a full house for the first few times they put on a show, it won't continue being that way. The big dog in town, MJ Barley Hoppers, finally quit their comedy nights because they couldn't keep it keep it going. Do you know what I mean? Which is bizarre to me. I think, I just don't think it's for this area. No, it is. It's it, it's a hard game, and I want to see somebody do it and succeed. That'd be so cool. I figured out how you got to do it, but I don't want to tell them how to do their thing. This is how you got to do it. <laughs> First off, you have to have the space. The bar that they want to do this in is an excellent space. It would be perfect for it. What bar? It's Brock's. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. I haven't been. They have but. a great little stage. It's an intimate setting. It'd be awesome. The way they could do it to make it work would be first off, just doing an open mic night with a good MC. Doing it once a week and being consistent and continue to try to doing do it every like tonight's Thursday. Do it every Thursday for forever. And consistently doing it. And having somebody in the bar do it so that they're not paying anybody else to do extra work. Right. And you don't have people going in to donate their free time to do it like we were doing. Okay. So have one of your 
bartenders or whoever works there having them run it and possibly the MC. Yeah. Okay. Then keep advertising open mic night, open mic night, come down and sign up, come down and sign up. Then on the weekends, once a month, doing an actual comedy show where these people who came in for the open mic nights, you can talk to them singly and say, hey, we'd like for you to be one of the main events at this. One of the featured. One of the featured comics at the Saturday show that we have at this month. Then you're opening up a forum for people to come in and test out their jokes. Right. For people who have never done comedy before, which would be really, really cool. But instead, they're taking this route of like, come down and try out and maybe you'll get in. But here's the problem with that. Okay, so let's say I go to this tryout tonight. Let's say I went. And there's nobody there because it's a Thursday night and it's, you know, I mean, it's a school night. Let's, let's, let's be real. It's a school night and it's a work night and people don't go out in Lewiston, Idaho on Thursday nights. It's not a thing. So let's go say I do a joke for five to ten people, okay? And maybe it's a better turnout than that. Maybe. And maybe I get a spot. So then they plan their event for a couple weeks from now at the same bar, right? Well, here's the problem. No one's going to turn out. Because people don't turn out for comedy shows here. Because there's not enough consistency. Right. If you do it my way, where it's like once a week, Thursday nights, we have open mic nights. Then once a month, we have featured comics from open mic night that we'll have on a Saturday come do their sets. And then you start actually putting that idea out there and giving people a rhythm and giving people notice and time to know like, oh yeah, the Saturdays, that's something they can have an expectation for. But here's the problem is they'll be like, they're going to do this tryout tonight. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. They're going to do the tryout tonight and no one's going to be good enough because by the way, they opened it up to anybody. There's nothing. And I, (laughs) I, I want, I want to stress there is nothing wrong with that. Right. If you wanted to get into comedy, go do it. I mean, it's hard. I did. And, you know, it's it's hard to just go do it. I understand. Open up to everybody. But you got to give people a time and, and give them time to hone their craft. There's nowhere around here that has that outlet. If you're right. going to have them come try out, they've never done these jokes before. That's It's not going to be good. They're, everyone's first set's terrible. Right. Everybody's first 10 sets is terrible. Well, it looks like you didn't make it, so see you later. Yeah, see you later. Now I'm never going to do comedy again because I did a joke for somebody who I, by the way, don't know has ever done comedy ever. (laughs) But but they have an opinion. And my jokes didn't align with their jokes. And by the way, comedy, what's more subjective than that? Right. Ever. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense to me. The whole trying out for a thing. Trying out for it doesn't make sense to me. So I, you know, maybe I got a little preachy when I responded to that. I said, if you guys ever do an open mic night, let me know. I'll come down. I'd love to go do an open mic night. I, if someone had an open mic night in this valley, I would go do it once a week to, to hone it, to, to keep practicing on it, to keep working on well, it. Sure. But yeah, why not? I have enough jokes to keep going, doing a new set every single week and, and eliminating stuff that doesn't work and adding stuff that does work in front of other comics. Right. In front of other people. That's what we were trying to do with some funny dudes is we were trying to create this thing. Well, I was trying to create this thing. And I feel like one other person, Nathan, was trying to create this thing. I feel like other people really wanted to be this exclusive shitty club that nobody <laughs> wanted to do. 
But you know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, there was three of us at one point who definitely wanted it to be this thing where people could come home their craft and learn how to do it, where we could give each other's pointers and, and, uh, and you know, hey, this joke worked this way and maybe add this into the regular set. And, you know, you know what I mean? But instead, it's like, hey, come try out. You've never done jokes before. You have nothing to lose. It's like, well, no, I do have something to lose because if you don't like it, I'll never do it again ever. Right. And I I got invited to go do that thing. And I frankly, it came down to this. I wasn't going to go do a stand up, a set to go try out for, to do a show and have four people there and not like it and then not be able to do a set there. And I've done comedy. I've been paid to do comedy. Right. Like, I'm not going to go try out for you. I don't know who you are. Maybe you, they need to try out for you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're just a person that works at a bar. Yeah. Like, I don't know what your humor is. And and comedy is reading a crowd. Half of it is reading. Three quarters of comedy is reading your crowd. And and it's improv. It's, it's all improv. I mean, you can write jokes all you want, but until you go tell them, I mean, good luck. Yeah. And... And uh, well, speaking from our experience, well, my limited experience from episode 100, I mean, that was, yeah, it's hard, like knocked the wind out of my sails big I, time. And I, you know, we talked about that before. Um, and I wasn't, uh, I've, I've never been the person that wanted to actually go up and do stand up necessarily. I mean, I've always kind of played with the idea, but I've never, I've never kind of like latched on and hugged it. And thought this is what I want to do for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, but I definitely when we went and did that, and I did like the Frank Federline thing. I got a couple chuckles. Which, I loved it, which helped. I always but say all, I loved but, it. But when we actually sat down at the table and the sh- started the actual show, oh my God. that's when I felt like I'm like, this is just not end this, end this. Yeah, that's what I thought the whole time. Yeah. End this. We got to be done. <laughs> I mean, it, the, I'll never ever do something like that again. Uh, the the whole thing. Well, the, okay. So here's here's the other part of that too. Is we also did that in a bar that they didn't know what we were going to be doing, right? They had no idea. So here's the other part of that. The whole. Well, uh, we kind of pitched what we were doing and right. tried to explain it, but we. I mean, we didn't. I, know I don't what we know what we're doing now. No, and <laughs> so no. That's exact. That's very true. So okay. So so keep in mind. This whole this bar that's going to be doing this right, this Brock's. Yeah. The other side of that is is that okay? So people make this tryout, right? Then they get to do this show. Okay. Now you're doing a show at a bar that's never done comedy before. I mean, maybe they have here and there, but it's nothing I can remember. Now you're going to try to have them do it like what night? A Friday night? A Saturday night? And you have regulars. There's regulars at every bar always. Right. Right. So now you're going to bring these comics in who barely made it past the tryout. Okay. Now they're going to come to these jokes that barely made it past the tryout that, okay, you liked. You, Ward, you liked the joke. You, bartender, Ward, you <laughs> liked the joke. Right. Now I want you to come in and try to do these jokes in front of my regulars who are pissed off that you're doing jokes there. Because this is their regular bar, and on Friday nights we have karaoke, and on Saturday nights we listen to acoustic music, and on Sunday nights we go to church. Like, fuck, like, no. <laughs> well, yeah, that, well, and the. It's not regular enough. Exactly. And 
even if I knew about, even if I, it's going to be, you're going to be hard pressed to get me to go person, me personally. Right. And there's, if there's one of me, there's several hundred more of me that aren't going to go to something like that. Um, just based on that selling point, I'm not good. It's a lot. I'm hard to get out of the house anyway, but it's a lot to invest. A, a, a successful comedy place in this town would have to invest a lot of time, not necessarily money. Like I said, in my in my model, it wouldn't take a lot of money. Right. It's just you have to allow these comics who have never done anything before and they're from Lewiston, Idaho, and they've never done jokes before. You need to allow them the opportunity to go up and bomb and then bomb and then bomb and then bomb and then bomb. And then when it starts to, and you know, then, when you start to hear about it and start knowing about it, that's when I'm going to look at it and be like, maybe we should go check right. this out. But I'm not going to go when it's no failing. No. But people will. But I mean, that's the thing is you got to. People will. People will. You know, you'll know who will go. You know who will go when they're bombing and bombing and bombing and bombing? Other comics who are like, I could do better. Yeah. Let me go work on my stuff. And then you get what? Maybe you get 10 comics in there. And then that's your crowd. Yeah. Is, it, is you and nine other comics. And then afterwards, you guys are able to be like, hey, I really liked this. I really like That's where comedy, that's where the scene comes from. Right. Is people who are like, hey, did you hear about uh, Brox is doing open mic nights on Thursday nights? It's right. a com- open mic comedy only. I have to stress that. Okay, so if anybody's from Brox is listening, do not open it up for open mic night and, and allow a bunch of goddamn acoustic guitar players to come on either. Because that doesn't work either. The two art forms don't work together, I promise you. <laughs> it doesn't work. You go into an open mic night where everyone's expecting goddamn John Mayer to go up there and play his yeah. shitty acoustic guitar, and you go up there ready to tell him a joke. They don't want to hear you. you know they want to hear work? John Mayer. Hip-hop and 100th episodes. That also does not work well. <laughs> So, I mean, so you need to open it up as saying like, okay, Thursday nights is comedy open mic night and you need to allow two or three people come in at first. I mean, if more want to come in, more the merrier and let them bomb. Let them bomb in front of each other. Yeah. Ten times minimum. Then once it starts even getting okay, then people like Ward who are remiss to leave their house will start going (laughs) like, well... Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. I hear they're okay. I'll go down there and check it out. Then you go down there and check it out, and you're like, that wasn't that bad. But maybe these I'll people, go again. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll go again. Now, these people who are doing it, uh, you know, have enough practice that they're, they're actually putting in the time now. It's, it's hard work, man. You can't just jump into comedy. It's not it's not a thing you can just jump into. It's a full-time gig, man. It sucks. I and I'm saying this from a point of love. I loved doing it and I loved I'm very grateful. Remember I I we, love watching it and I love critiquing. I like I'm a harsh critic of Same here. comedy. And but. I and I I love a you know, we we did those we when we finally settled in. I'll say settled in loosely. But we finally, after we got kicked out of several different places, which you you teased another one last. You got to tell yeah. me another one this week before we conclude. Yeah, who did I did I did, was it? Did you I do did Cantor's last? I week. did Cantor's last time. Okay, yeah. I'll talk about uh, um, if it's Blue Lantern now, but before that it was La Boheme. So that should be a some a teaser in the name alone. <laughs> anyway, 
Okay, so I will leave with La Boheme this time in that story. Okay. But um, but the thing is, is after we got kicked out of several different bars and we finally settled in and we're doing that regular weekly show at the candy store, as much as we can poke fun at the, pl- at the fact that it was at the candy store, I am so eternally grateful that Scott Nicholson, who is the manager at the time of that and two other bars, allowed us every single week to go in there. This, by the way, this is a place where the girls danced like they danced and they let us come in every single week and try our jokes before the, before the girls would go up. Yeah. Like the, the girls went up at like nine, I think, or 10 maybe. And they allowed us to come in every single week at eight o'clock and for one hour, give us, give us a shot. And and nobody would go in there, and they didn't care. They didn't care. It was a lot of times it was our, just our friends. Yeah. And I'm so grateful they let us do that for almost two years straight. Wow. And that's insane. Now, granted, we were doing it for free, and they didn't have to pay us anything for it ever. They did. They did give us some deals on drinks, though. Well, well, sure, but I mean, you're you're going in and using a space for no. Yeah, they they were letting us use their space for free. And I'm so eternally grateful for that because that's where I got most of my practice. I mean, that's that's where I did my practice before I went up to Spokane and was able to start getting up there and start crushing it the few times I went up there. Where I would, but I was able to test out those jokes 50 times right? before I went up to Spokane and tried it 10. Where were you, you know? doing it at Spokane? It was Uncle D's Comedy Underground, which is not there anymore. They oh. actually have a comedy club up there now. What's the comedy club? I think it's well, just called Spokane Comedy Club. Oh, or something okay, that's like that. where I went. Um, they've had that there for a while. Well, they no, do, they do though. But the Uncle D's isn't there anymore. That's where I went for. Uh, I went to Jimmy Pardo. Yeah, uh, they had the comedy club there, but the Uncle D's was for open mic. It was oh, for. Okay, it was for. You. It was for us. And and the comedy club has open mic too. But I think it's like Sunday nights or something. It's some weird like I'd have to take a day off work to get up there and yeah. do it. But but I mean it was it was a really good experience to go up there and do it and. Of course, they have a little scene. You can do it in front of other comics. And well, what I was going to say when I was standing out, um, when we were waiting to go into the show, there were like a handful of people, all kind of, and it was. I get annoyed by loud people. Yeah. In in those kinds of group settings, but there was like little groups of people, and they were all getting chatty and jokey and they're all in all inside jokes yeah i didn't be like shut up you fucking idiots but i but i sat there and thought it and i know they they could feel me thinking it um <laughs> just stood there because i just you're you know, just sitting there just boiling with hatred yeah. well it, it didn't really bother me that much but it, it's one of those things where I, I notice so it's one of my people watching things where i sit there and i judge them silently. okay oh yeah for sure yeah but uh we anyway, all do it but they were all, I could tell they were all like either aspiring comedians. And yeah. then there was a handful of people that were like podcasters like like we are. Right. That were there to see a guy that does a podcast. Yeah. Do, do a, show, a guy that, that and, and honestly, Jimmy Pardo was one of the reasons that I had started doing Basement Boys in the first place. And that right, show is yeah. still going now. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's pretty impressive. But... But yeah, I mean they're aspiring, and this but that that's what that city has, and we don't. All right, so Labo M, Labo M, 
So this is one of the bars. So we did Cantor's last week, right? We yes. haven't done Hogan's yeah. at all, though, right? No Hogan's yet. Okay, well, <laughs> Hogan's is best for last. Okay. Matt's Cantor's is a good week. tale. That'll be next week. Hogan's is next week. La Boheme. So this is a bar. Not a bar. This is a coffee shop on Main Street in Lewiston. And we um, we got kicked out of there. So this is what happened. So first off, we do this show. And I don't know how I don't know who booked it. I don't know who know who to book it. The owner, uh, his name is uh, Nate. Uh, God, he's in Seven Devils, a band around here. He's really, really nice, and he's still really nice to me, considering everything that happened that night. Uh, Gala? Nate? No, no, Nate. Uh, he plays the violin. He's in Seven Devils. Nate Tucker. Oh, okay. Nathaniel Tucker. Really nice guy. He's super cool. So we owned this coffee shop on Main Street that I think he finally had to sell it or get rid of it because I think he worked like like 50 hours a week and it was just insane. You know, just being a business owner, you end up putting so, many, so much time into it and you just eventually want to be done. So he, he got rid of it. But So at the time, it was La Boheme. And it, there was, this is in the location that was originally Blackbird Java. Oh, okay, okay. So it was Blackbird Java, then this place, and now it's the Blue Lantern or whatever. Wasn't it even something even <clears throat> after between Bohem and yeah, Blackbird it might have been Java? actually. Yeah. So so he uh, so he owned this place, and he did he had mostly like acoustic sets. People come in and play acoustic sets, and he had open mic nights. But it was like people who come in and open mic night with acoustic sets. Like it was like open <laughs> mic night, but it's like ten people, ten John Mayers getting up there and playing the acoustic guitar. Okay. Somehow, some way, I don't know how it came about. I don't know who knows him better and who booked the gig. <laughs> I I want to almost take the blame for it, but I don't know that I would have done booked this place because I feel like it was a really bad match even from the beginning. Not that there's anything wrong with the place. I like the place. I like I like coffee shops. Right. I like that intimate little coffee shop feeling. I like Blackbird Java a lot, and I like Blue Lantern now. It's nice. Um, but this place was definitely not for comedy. It wasn't tailored for that. No, for the love of God, no. So we go in there and it's one of those settings where there's the stage is in the window, but the door going into the place is basically like you have to walk through the stage to get, not walk through it, but really close to get to like the bar to ask for a drink. And then you go sit down. There's not a lot of seating in there in the first place because it's a coffee shop and it's kind of small. Yeah. So we're going to do this set there. Again, no idea who booked this set. Um, this, is, you know, this was after having been kicked out from Hogan's and I think maybe before we got kicked out of Cantor's. So we go to go do our set there and um, it's an intimate setting. You know, again, it's acoustic sets and it's pretty quiet and comedy can be loud depending who's in your group. And I got up there to do my jokes finally. And I might've been the ultimate reason why. Well, there's a few other reasons, (laughs) but I got up there and I spilled my drink while I was doing it. Oh shit. Because I was, I was pretty halfway lit at that point. Uh, it took a while for us to get through our sets for whatever reason. They gave us like 15 minutes each, which is like, in the in the comedy world, fifteen minutes is like an HBO special when you're first starting. <laughs> like it's way too much time. And right. They, so our friends and I liked me to finish or go first. 
because you know when you're giving a speech, you know you go, you know you go with your attention getter, right? So right. I was good at getting attention, or I'd go last because if I if you, generally whoever you had whoever pull, pull a nosedive out of the or yeah that and then also you can also do this thing where if you if you have ten friends or family there, I'm gonna make you go last because that means they're gonna sit through all of us to get to your set, and if you're gonna go first and you have ten friends or family there. That means they're all going to leave when you get up when you get done because that's how people are in Lewiston. They won't watch the whole thing. They're just there to see you. Right. I think at this time I had quite a few people there that were there, so I was going to go last. So uh, when I went up there, I spilled my drink. I was pretty halfway drunk. I don't know how visible it was, but I definitely spilled my drink and I got in <laughs> trouble for it. The joke that put him out there, though, and Nathan, I'm not throwing you under the bus, but this joke, he knew it made people uncomfortable. Okay. He knew it did, and he loved telling it, <laughs> even though it made people really uncomfortable. And he would talk about how he, when he died, he didn't want to be turned into ashes or anything. He wanted to be melted down and turned into a dildo <laughs> that his wife could use on a regular basis. Now, I don't know the setting in which that joke would do really that great ever. Right. However, it was not Love OM. <laughs> In the bar at the same time were like four or five couples on like dates. And he's telling this very uncomfortable joke. And you could see the grimace on all of their faces. Then on top of the thing, so I so he does his thing and it is I mean it's silent. I mean, he had a lot of groans, which kind of Nathan would go for these groans, which in in comedy, if you know, groans can sometimes be the same thing as a laugh. Can be. Can be, yeah. Sometimes you like to make people feel pretty uncomfortable, and that's kind of a funny thing. Um, so he successfully did his uh, thing of making people feel very uncomfortable. And then he got up, he got down, and I got up there, and I was already halfway drunk at that point. And so when I got up there, I did my jokes and halfway through, I spilt an entire full beer all over the floor. And I was like, and that's my set (laughs) and (laughs) got down. And then it's not as a fun fun story as Cantor's. Afterwards, they came up to us and they're like, hey, we just want to let you know that we would like you to not come do this again (laughs) here. And said oh, that to wow. my face, which was actually really nice considering Cantor's was so cowardly about it. Right. But they said it right to our face. And again, the owner wasn't there. The owner wasn't the one that told us not to come back. It was the person working there. Uh, it was really uncomfortable. That's really weird. Now, how is it that the person working there makes that call? Without the owners, I don't know. I feel like they probably they contact the owners somehow. Yeah, yeah, probably some type of managerial responsibility that they can make that. We were asked to never come back uh, at the time, like right at the end of it when you're. Yeah, they told us when we were done. Yeah, Um, not to come back. Not to come. No, no, no. They just (laughs) no. It was just afterwards where they're you know they're like, yeah, some of the stuff was kind of funny. we don't want you to. We we don't want you to come. We're back not going to have you come back. We're not going to have you come back though. And you know, and the, the, so this is the part. This is the why I want to save it for this week. <laughs> when they said, 
we're going to go ahead and ask you not to come back again. And I was like, good call. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to ask not to have bus back. <clears throat> oh, man. We, we knew we didn't belong there. I mean, as soon as I hadn't ever really... I'd been in there a couple times, and I liked it. Like I said, I liked, I liked the coffee shop thing. I don't fit in at them very well, but, right. but I could definitely tell we did not belong there. As soon as we walked in there, we saw... I mean, it was a lot of hipsters, you know? And we were just like, eh, no. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, next week we'll talk about Huggins. That's a fun story. Oh, I'm looking forward to Huggins. That's a good story. I don't know I don't know how much I can talk about a Huggins because I don't want to offend anyone ever that I've done jokes with because I love them all so much. Um, there's also one part of it that I... I I almost can't get through telling because I laugh. I start making myself like giggle. <laughs> so even talking about it now makes me yeah. want to like start getting giddy. But <laughs> but I know if I told the story in front of them or with them, they would be very upset by me getting so giddy. And of course, I'm like the type of person that gets like giddy and laughs and starts uh, you know, saying like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry," and they're like, "Yeah, it seems like it. You know, yeah. it seems like you're sorry." And I'm like can't breathe because i'm laughing so hard but i will try to get through it next week um and if you listen to the show my friend i love you very much and i want you to know that when i tell the story (laughs) (laughs) and i appreciate your bravery for all times and everyone i did the joke while two two of my counterparts i enjoy doing the shows with one of you i'll never ever admit to that because you're horrible and you know who you are. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. Good stuff. Getting Good kicked st- out of bars in Lewis and Idaho. So, um, let's get the outro stuff going. We'll start wrapping things up. Nice. But, uh, Thank you for uh, letting me tell my tales. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're still in the, uh, the, the infant phase of this. Yeah, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. I, it, um, so we still we sit and we look uh, reflectively on the episode as we're wrapping up the episode. So you get to hear all of our insecurities right here at the yeah. at the get. As I say, I feel this episode went pretty well. I feel it went pretty well too. I think <laughs> uh, you know we got to clean some stuff up and uh, you know get it in post. Yeah, we'll take care. Of, we'll fix it in post. Fix it in post. Never. Yeah. Um, Never. Yeah, the that's what that's what Nathan always added to it when we did times before because we, we we took that with us and we're like we'll fix it in post and he always like never. Oh, he'd say never. Yeah, he always like never because <laughs> we basically we you know, we got to where we're like well we do it now we basically trim the be- beginning and trim the end and call it good. Yeah, well when I started doing the the very first time I when I started. The, the first probably 15, 20 to maybe even up to 30 episodes, I would go through and uh-huh. like meticulously edit and I'd pull out ums and then it, it's at a certain point it just became comfortable and I was just like, I don't care about the yeah. ums or, you know, takes, and I just got better it takes at time doing to it, do so that. I wasn't saying it so much, but. So now we're going to go have our hundred, hundred, another hundy and uh, we'll have rap groups come open and. Exactly. We got one of these days. We got to just break down the fiasco that was Hundy. 
Oh yeah. Well, and we got a we we've, 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 we've talked got about a, here a lot of there. stuff to to unfold as we yeah. as we get going. We're going to talk about the uh, a little bit of about Yoko. Yeah, well, we got to talk about Yoko. Um, the, now, my friends that are listening to the show, you guys, this is teasers. We're going to talk about these things, but you got to listen to the next episodes. Exactly. Well, and we're going to talk Yoko's about... And Yoko's a separate episode than Hundy, because I feel like both of them are an episode of themselves. Right. While they may have be sandwiched within other stuff. Yeah, for are, sure. Those yeah. are definitely their own uh, content, for sure. Yoko. Yoko. Um, we'll talk about the 100. We'll talk about... just. Uh, and then uh, at some point, we are going to start bringing in guests to the show. That's the and, plan. And uh, I really think if we can, if he's able to swing it, I would like Nathan to be our first guest. Yeah, I think so, too. If we can make that happen, if he's, able to, happen. if he's able to come on a Thursday somehow, you'll have to have a talk with him. Yeah, uh, so see if we can get a night off or something. line it up here soon so we can start working guests in. But I think we ultimately wanted to kind of... Uh, Get a feet, get our, get our feet wet. Yeah, first move some chains. You know, that's a football move. Those chains. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. Make sure you look me up on Twitter at Yamas Prime. You'll look Ward up on Twitter. God damn it, we do this every single time the music's running out. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Basement Boys Two. Search us. basementboys2.com is the website. Yeah. We, we're a little tighter this time, but we're not quite as tight. Next time, we're, the challenge for us is to end the show before the music yeah, We stops. used to be really good at that. We also, make really sure you go uh, go to klcz.com and uh, look up past episodes of Sports Program. That's a show that I host every week. Thanks for coming Gotta out. Plug that in there. Uh, Thanks guys, for listening, everyone. Have a good one. The intro music for this episode is Ready, Aim, Fire, and the outro music is Summon the Rock, spelled like Hawk, by Kevin McLeod, or Kevin McLeod of uh, Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License, uh, creativecommons.org. All right. Bye.